Hello, this is the Imagine Thought Experiment podcast. My name's Andy, and I'm inviting you to meditate with me on some what-if questions. Think through, what if this, what if that. Today we're going to try and think through the question, what if God exists? If that were the case, what would it mean? What would it be like? Can we sit with that idea? Can it make sense to us? Um, I don't have any training or any qualifications or any good reason for why you should listen to me. I'm making these podcasts to try and clarify my own thoughts and in the hope that you'll help me and I'll help you to think about these things. So today, what if God exists? And the last podcast, I talked about what if God doesn't exist. And I read out a bit of the Bible where someone is struggling with God not responding. I want to read you that bit and read you a bit more because I missed out the second bit last time. So this is from Psalm 22 in the Bible. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. And here's the bit I didn't read. It goes on to say, yet, you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. Sometimes I read that as if it's slightly through gritted teeth. Like the writer saying, yet I will believe in you. He's trying to encourage himself. Sometimes I read it like that. Like really the first bit is what he means. Where are you? Why are you not talking to me? But tonight I want us to think about what if God does exist? What if he is there? What if when you talk to him, he's listening? What if he answers? Uh, I wanted to read you another, another bit from the Bible, a little bit. It's this amazing bit where this bloke called Jacob fights with this person who appears to be actually God and beats him which is really interesting he, he wins the fight and gets God to bless him or maybe it's not God maybe it's an angel anyway another, there's another bit close by which I think might help us think about what we mean by saying God exists 
in Genesis 28 and it just says he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. I think that probably helps us think about what we mean by God existing. So I think if if we were just going to explore the question of what if God exists but never speaks, never interacts with us, uh, we wouldn't get very far because that, then the world would look exactly the same as it does when he doesn't exist and uh, our reaction to it would be pretty much the same. How can we be otherwise? But I'm really wanting us to think about and try and sit with this idea that maybe there's a God who interacts with us, who has that staircase where the angels are climbing up and down, like carrying out special missions or whatever. I think it's worth saying at the beginning that even though, you know, it might sound a bit ridiculous, uh, lots of people think God exists. Uh, and I definitely think I'd, I'd describe myself in that way. I do think God exists. You may have noticed that in the last podcast I was struggling a bit sometimes to talk about, to imagine and sit with this idea of God not existing. There have been times in my life where it's been much easier for me and at the moment I seem to be fluctuating in a direction where that's a, a difficult stretch. But there's no way I'd put myself in the 100% believe God exists camp. So tonight is going to be an exercise like like the others for me and hopefully for you of putting ourselves fully in that position just for a moment and saying what if God really is there yeah plenty of people think he's there plenty of people turn to him um, at, at times of extreme emotion plenty of people spend a lot of their life talking to him listening to him whatever that means so it's not an idea we can completely throw away. So let's explore it a bit. I think the first thing to say as we explore it is that it's obviously kind of a ridiculous idea as well. That there's a man in the sky who kind of solves all the problems, all the things about the world which we don't like, we just say, well, the man in the sky will sort them out at some future date. And those problems include things like stuff's unfair, and also things like I feel like no one loves me, right? Or, and everything in between. The man in the sky will look after that for you. He'll make it all right. I made a note before I started this podcast to try and do something about calling God he and calling him a man. I noticed before I've even got to where I thought I was going to talk about it. I've referred to God as he and him a number of times and a man. So let's look at that first. Let's just talk about God 
as a woman as often as we talk about God as a man because I don't see any better way of talking about her than that um, I don't think we can call her it um, because the God that I'm trying to imagine exists is a person and she's interested in what we're doing But I also think it's perfectly clear in the Judeo-Christian tradition that there was really no option um, in the minds of people in ancient times writing about this sky god. There was no option for her to be female. Um, because it wouldn't have fit with the the ideas that they were writing about, about how she was powerful. Um, all powerful. But hopefully we can do a bit better and try and understand that using the word he uh, is important because it's about how God is a person. The idea that um, God is a man is a bit crazy. Um, in the Judeo-Christian, or rather in the Christian tradition, we also have this person, Jesus, who was a man in a normal in the normal sense. And in a future podcast, we may talk about him. But when we're talking about the God in the sky, the sky God, um, I think using a lot of she's will be helpful in understanding that he and she is a person, but not a man, not a woman. That, they, that men and women are in the Judeo-Christian tradition men and women are reflections of this God so what do we mean? we mean a a person who exists not just a thing or a power but a person what, what is it what, how do we recognise a person? well a person is someone that you can interact with right? Maybe also somebody who has feelings and thoughts and acts. And we should acknowledge at this point that there are reasons why we want God to exist, because we want justice and we want comfort, as I was saying before. But I want us to spend a few minutes now thinking about what it would be like if she really exists, if he really is there, if she really is a person, if he really is listening, if she really does speak, where would that leave us? If that was real, if there really was a person, 
mean a person who, for example, is sad when we don't speak to her. What about a person who's sad when one of his creatures is suffering? I mean, what must, what must she be feeling? What must he be feeling? If this is a person who can experience what's going on in the whole world. I mean, we can, there's simple things to think about. People who are suffering pain. He's with them. She's with all of them. What about people who are bereaved? People who are lonely? What about the person in the house next door to you or the flat upstairs? What about their suffering, their life of quiet desperation? We don't have to go so far away to think what an experience it must be to be God to understand all of this suffering. I mean, I know there's a lot of other stuff as well. It's not just suffering. I mean, how overwhelming must it be for her, for him, to experience all of the joy, the excitement, the nervousness, to be with all of those people. But what about the suffering? And that leads me to one of the questions I have. What would we say to God if she exists? If she's really there, if he's really there listening, able to hear what we say, able to hear me speaking now, well then I've got a chance to say something. Would I say something or would I keep my mouth shut? Maybe you've got an impression of me. I think I'd say something. I think I will say something. As part of sitting with this idea that this God is there. What would I say to her? Why is the world like it is? Why are people hurting? Why are things difficult? Are we your pets? Are we your puppets? If we're your children, why are some of us treated like this? So does it make sense? Does it make the world make sense to imagine that God exists? Or does it make it worse? Is it harder to understand injustice if God exists or if God does not exist.
If God doesn't exist, we can't understand injustice because we can't see how it will get fixed. If God does exist, we can't understand injustice because how would he let it happen? So the general understanding of that stuff, and I will, I will do a podcast, I think, about justice. So we'll talk more. But the way we understand it, the way it helps with our understanding of this stuff, to think that God exists. Or rather, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that believing in God helps with some other thing. That's not what I meant. But if we believe in God, we are helped in understanding justice because we think that she will sort it out in future that's what we're saying really if we see God working interacting with humans in this world um, we see we might we might see some injustices changed and things like that. But really, to understand injustice as a whole idea, we have to see her fixing things at the end. Or after, after it's all over. But let's talk a bit about not just the end, but interacting with God now. So if God exists and if God interacts with us, how and how does it make sense? So the normal way of interacting with God is to pray, which means thinking or saying things addressed to her. And then uh, trying to hear things that, that he's saying back either by thoughts appearing in your head or by other people saying things or maybe by doing something like reading the Bible and finding that a particular part of it seems to apply which is kind of another version of putting thoughts in your head I think we have to leave any discussion of the mechanism for this out because partly because hopefully there'll be we'll do a podcast about determinism of the world but also because if we're 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 imagining that God exists we surely are imagining some supernatural power so um, something that can happen that's not explained by science but also it seems not noticeable by science because um, there's no scientific evidence for the existence of God and I do disregard the sort of prayer studies and people, the things that people have done. I don't understand why God would reveal himself to the world through things like that. Having, having so carefully kept his existence so ambiguous so long, which I think he has done. I mean, I think she 
she clearly doesn't want to make it obvious, otherwise surely she could. And, and that's another question to ask, if God exists, why is he so subtle about it? Another question, are we scared of her? Should we be scared of this sort of warrior god? I mean, I'm a bit scared of policemen, even though they represent justice. This god represents all justice. Are we scared of him? Are we scared of her for good reason, because of things we've done wrong? Are we scared of him for bad reason? Like, because we don't trust that justice will really be done. We're scared of her because she's like the sea. Powerful and beyond our control, not necessarily because of anything conscious on his part, just power. If we're not scared of her, why not? And that's where I sit, I think. Christian tradition at the moment is all about a very soft God, but the Judeo-Christian tradition that I experience viscerally when I read the Bible is, uh, is I think, describing a God who's good but not as God is soft. A God is terrifying. So do I live my life in fear of this power, this sky God? And if not, does that mean that I don't really believe in her? does it mean that there is some profound sense of softness about God that I'm not describing here, but that I'm somehow experiencing? Sometimes I think it's just that I only sort of half believe in her, so it doesn't have, it only has 50% of the effect it would if it was a wholesale belief. But if we put aside whether we're scared of him, should he be scared of us in the sense, in the following specific sense? Can we accuse her of injustice, of wrongdoing to us, legitimately? I mean, I think we can accuse. God of injustice, 
think we have permission. I think we see people in the Bible doing it. Can we do it legitimately? Because what's going on in the world? What parent leaves their children in this state, no matter whose fault it is, no matter whether the big brother did, is hurting the little brother? What parent stands and lets it happen? And if this God exists, is it a legitimate question to talk about good and evil? about this God doing good or evil? Or is good just defined to be whatever God does? Because if so, I see, I see no value in the, the idea of good. I think God must be. If God is a person, does that not mean that she can do good things and evil things and chooses to do good if, if that's what she chooses. And if he's chosen to do good, how does that good translate into this world? And we'll go further on this. Maybe I'll look up a bit of Job from the Bible. Really brilliant book that I love. And one of the things that happens in Job is that this this person, Job, accuses God of all kinds of awful things in similar way to what I did, except more eloquently. And it might well be helpful for us to look at what God says to him. I'll try and find it. Here we are, I jumped straight to it. Job chapter 40. After Job has said again and again, God's done him wrong. God said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Then Job answered the Lord, I'm unworthy, how can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice I will say no more. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, Brace yourself like a man, I will question you and you shall answer me. Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's and can your voice thunder like his? Then adorn yourself with glory and splendor and clothe yourself in honor and majesty. Unleash the fury of your wrath. Look at all who are proud and bring them low. Look at all who are proud and humble them. Crush the wicked where they stand. Bury them all in the dust together. Shroud their faces in the grave. Then I myself will admit to you that your own right hand can save you. And he goes on and on saying, You're not God. Did you not notice you're not God? 
And I'm just skipping past, there's a lot more of it. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is it? Who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. And he goes on. And Job, so Job accuses God. And God says, basically, who are you to accuse me? And God doesn't answer the charges that Job brings against him. And maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode. But Job, God ends up saying that Job was, is okay and that he did the right thing. So whilst I do find it scary to try and echo Job and accuse God of things, I also take comfort in the way God dealt with Job and said that he was basically alright even though he was so so rude and had to back down when God questioned him but it's a legitimate question and I read Job as saying yes this is a legitimate question what was God up to what is God up to So I think that's the mystery where we sit, if we believe God exists. If we really sit with it and think, this person exists. And she made us and she loves us and cares for us. Then how does that work? And we have to... We have to settle into that mystery just like we had mysteries last time. And this will take some wrestling. And if you want to contact me and talk to me about the things I've been speaking about, please do. Please do meditate on them yourself. And if this stuff is new and really knocking you off um, secure places, please don't take it too seriously. I think always, all through our life, we're going to need to sit with things that don't make sense. I encourage you to accept that and try and do it. Which is what I'm trying to do with these podcasts. And I do look forward to hearing from you. Have a look at artificialworlds.net slash imagine um, for more of this podcast um, and you'll see links there to social media Twitter and mastodon.social and how you can contact leave a comment on the blog um, future podcasts will talk about what if nothing matters or what 
if something matters? Or what if justice exists? Or what if it doesn't? What if everything's determined and fixed? Or what if it's not? Or what if Jesus was just a man? Or what if he wasn't just a man? I'll see you next time.